0: Good evening. Take a big deep breath and let it out. Thank you. Do it again because that cools me off. That was very good. Would you turn to somebody next to you and just say, Merry Christmas, what did you get me? Pastor Jack Reiser, and I'm glad you're joining us for this very sacred evening. So I want to welcome you to a conspiracy. We have conspired in this community of faith to really enjoy Advent this year. Advent means coming. It means arrival. It is a celebration of Jesus the Christ at his first Advent. It is the anticipation of Christ the King at his second Advent. It is the preparation of our hearts so that God in flesh, Emmanuel, could speak to us in this season. Now, to do that, we purposefully around here have decided that we are going to rebel. We're going to rebel against commercialism and consumerism and materialism that's been pushed upon us, oh, since September, moving towards Christmas. September, I walked into Cracker Barrel, and Christmas stuff was there. And so we've decided to rebel against that and instead we have decided that during this Advent season we will worship fully. We'll endeavor to spend less. We will endeavor to give more. We will love all and tonight we'll just plain celebrate. And so we're glad that you're here to join with us in doing that. And so I want to encourage you this evening to try to let go of all the things that have happened this week and the activities you've got planned after this gathering and tomorrow, and just prepare yourself right now to hear the voice of Emmanuel God with us speak to you, because it can be a life change for you. Now, to help us tonight, begin this final gathering of Advent, we're inviting the Jeff Williams family to come and they're going to light our Advent candles tonight. They're going to lead us in some scripture reading and then they're going to pray over us. And following that I want you to join with us in singing some Christmas carols and we want you to really sing them with a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of strength and if you're tone deaf, we don't care. If the person in front of you is bothered by that, they can plug their ears. You just sing because we want you to join with us in this great celebration. So I'm going to invite the Williams family to come now and lead us in the lighting of the Advent candles. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child.
1: While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem
0: and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We praise our Lord God for all this day. Your word became flesh in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who was born of a woman and then walked among us as a man. Jesus, help us to imitate you in our daily living. May our faith shine through in our actions and our interaction with others. And may our words and speech always bless your holy name. To you alone, Lord, we give honor, praise, and worship and love in the most holy and precious name of the one whose birth we celebrate this day, because Jesus, our Lord and Savior, lives and reigns with you in glory and unity in the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: So Father, here we are this evening. We're here physically, God, to declare the celebration of the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, the only King of kings, the only Lord of lords, the only one who has the power and the authority over every situation and over everything that has ever been created. Father, tonight we stand here in thanks, we stand here magnified, we stand here humbled as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the one who died for each and every single human being that has ever gone before us, that is currently with us, and that will continue to come forth. We celebrate the fact that Jesus himself rules and reigns. And we celebrate that he has come and he has given us eternal life. That he has snatched us up from our previous life. And that he has given us something new, something great. So we declare tonight, Lord, in unison. Corporately, we declare, God, that the greatest gift that we could ever receive, the greatest gift that could ever be given is the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, the greatest gift that you have ever given us is your love was demonstrated for us on the cross. And so tonight we stand here thankful and we stand in awe for how much you have done for us and what you continue to do for us. So, Father, we pray tonight that as we continue to worship you through this service, but as we also go our separate ways at the end of the evening, and as we gather around the dinner table and we gather around tomorrow in the morning, and as we celebrate all in our own ways, I pray, Lord, that the focus of our hearts, the focus of our minds, will be on the sole purpose of why we're here tonight, to be thankful for the birth of Jesus Christ the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So we thank you and we love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. While you're still standing in this moment, would you take a moment and just greet somebody around you that you haven't even seen tonight? Just tell them hello and extend to them Merry Christmas.
2: It has been complete chaos outside Bethlehem this week. I mean, complete chaos. I have never seen anything like it before. You see, Caesar has issued this decree that everybody must come back to their hometown and be registered for the census. Vendors are selling things like mad. It would take a complete miracle to top what I've seen here in Bethlehem. I mean, a complete miracle. Before I get ahead of myself, my name is Stuart, and this is my inn. The Bethlehem Bed and Breakfast. We were going to call it the Holiday Inn, but we just never thought it would catch on. It's been quite a night, I tell you. There was this couple that came later on after all the rooms were full. um, This couple came up and the girl, she said, please, sir, do you have any place for us to stay? And I told them like I've told everybody, I'm sorry, but this inn is full. But she looked at me and she said, please, we've been traveling for 85 miles. We are so tired. And my wife, she heard the whole conversation and she saw something that I didn't see. She saw that this girl was pregnant and she kind of jabbed me in the gut. And I knew that that meant A, I find them a place to sleep tonight, or B, I find myself a place to sleep tonight. So I chose A. And I told them they could stay in the barn. (sighs) The barn, it is no place for any human to be. I mean, it's full of hay and manure and animals. But that's all I had. And they were thankful. And as they were walking to the barn, the gentleman, I think his name was Joe, he turned around and he said, God bless you. Then he placed his hand on his wife's stomach and he said, because he's about to bless us. You should have seen this couple. There was something so different about them, something amazing. You should have seen the way they treated each other, the way he treated her. The only word that I can describe it is um, a word we don't even use that much, but it's the only word that I can think of. Holy, I I know it's an odd word, but, but you should have seen them. They were just set apart. There was just something different about them. You know what? It's just too hard to describe. Uh, Describe your rooms for me, please. Pardon me? Your rooms. I need a place to stay tonight. I'm sorry, but all my rooms are full. There is no vacancies here. Oh, you're telling me. This whole census thing. I mean, I wasn't even going to come, but then my CPA said I had to, so here I am. Well, you're out of luck here, sir. Oh, you come on! You gotta have something. I mean, I got money, and I know I didn't misread the sign. Sign? What are you talking about? I turned the vacancy sign off about half an hour ago. No, no, not that. Uh, the star over there. You know, I've been following that star for like a half an hour. You know, I mean, I just knew it meant vacancies. Apparently, it meant unvacancies. I mean, that star there—you can't deny it—it's shining right over your inn. Ah, uh, you know what? Come to think of it, it's—it's it's really not over your inn. It's—it's it's over your barn. <laughs> but you wouldn't beat people in your barn, would you? No, not even a pregnant woman. What? Nothing. Keep talking. Well, listen, you you got to have something for me. You know what? All I have for you is just a um just a nice cup of coffee. Ooh. No, no. I I, I get kind of jittery if I drink caffeine at night. No, no, no. It's the caffeinated drink up. You sure that's decaffeinated because it tastes like the real thing? Oh, yes. That's the secret of New Pharaoh's naturally brewed decaffeinated coffee. It tastes like regular, but it's decaffeinated. Mmm. That, my friend, is a good cup of joe. That's right. That's right. You know, the only thing that I really need here is, uh... Some bread?
3: Mmm.
2: Man, nah. Now that is some good bread. You like that, do you? I got a whole slew of them down at Old Man Moses Deli down the street. You can pick some up for breakfast in the morning. Yeah. It's good. I just wish it didn't have all that butter on it. I'm trying to watch my weight. That is a butter substitute. Huh? Tastes like butter. Mm-mm. Nope. Half the calories and fat is regular margarine or butter. You sure it's not butter? It's not butter. Mm. I can't believe it's not butter. Nope. Well, listen, friend, thank you for these things, but uh, where can I lay my head tonight? Let's see here. Um, you know what? There is a motel down the street. It's the second, no, the, the it's the sixth motel. All right, Motel 6. Yes, yes, the one with the lights on. Ah. Well, thank you very much and Mm. Merry
1: Census to you. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, Merry Census. Oh yes, this Census is huge. It's the biggest thing to hit in years. I mean, it's turned commerce on its ears, you know? So I coined this phrase, Merry Census. (laughs) Even had it trademarked, huh? So, Merry Census to you. I like that, Merry Census. You owe me a dollar. He followed that star as some type of sign. Maybe it could be a sign. It is shining unusually bright over my barn, but a sign? No, no, there's there's just no way. My wife, she would look at that star and she would think maybe it's a God thing. No, 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 Stuart, get a hold of yourself. There is no way that that star means anything. There is no way that God has a purpose for that star. But what if? No, no, that, that, that is just crazy, no. This is crazy, this is crazy. Pardon me? I know what's going on inside your barn. Sp- I've been in your barn. You smell like my barn. Oh, that's just the sheep dip. I'm a shepherd. How do you know about my barn? <laughs> the star, the star said it all. And then the angel alien things. <laughs> Look, I was. I was just minding my own sheep, right? And my sheep were like, ah, you know. And, and then that alien angel thing appeared, and it was like, ah. And then I was all like, ah. And then that alien angel thing said, "Fear not." And then what? What, what? After the bond and the oh, and the and ah, then, oh. then what? And then it said, the alien angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of the alien angel things all over. And they were all over. And so then we came to your barn. And, and it was just like they said. We walked in. Out came the baby,
4: just like they said.
2: How do you know all this? It's etched inside my brain. The aliens, angels, put it in there. I gotta tell everybody I come in contact with. Did you hear that? No, no, I did not. No, I gotta go. Uh, Mary Census, you owe me two dollars. So the girl had a baby, and that shepherd believes an angel led him. To my barn. A shepherd really believes that God has a purpose for that star. The shepherd sees miracles every day and and I I keep waiting for one. A miracle would be God showing himself in the flesh. Now that would be a complete miracle. But I can't I can't get away from all the things he said. I mean, maybe maybe God has a purpose for that star. Maybe it's guiding some weary travelers tonight. <laughs> I think it'll take a very wise man to answer that question. We're going to find a wise man in this place. Is this the place? The place? Place, the place. Come on, I've got time to waste. All right, all right. Don't be in such a haste. What's in the case? The case. The case. Ah, this is the place. What's your name? Reuben King. King Stewart. You can call me Rue. Call me Stu. Here's my card. I deal in impossibilities. Impossibilities? That's my job. All right, all right. What's in the case? A barrage. Barrage of what? Bulk. What kind of bulk? Expensive bulk. For who? The baby. The baby? How did you know about the baby? I follow the star. You followed the star? I followed the star of the baby in the barn. You followed the star to the baby in the barn in Bethlehem? Basically. The baby, the star, impossible. That's my job. All right, all right. No more braiding around. Watch your beef. Can I bounce a secret off you? And as he leaned in closer, I could only think of one thing. Tic-tac. Ah, thank you. And only one and a half calories per mint. Bingo. Here's the deal, Stu. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be straight. I'm gonna be Frank, I'm gonna be Coy, I'm gonna be Kurt, I'm gonna be Captain Kirk. I'm not gonna pull the wool over your eyes. I'm gonna lay all my cards out on the table. Get on with it, Rue. All right, Stu. The baby in the barn? What about the baby in the barn? The baby in the barn is the son of God. The baby in the barn is the son of God? Impossible. That's my job. (sighs) Okay, okay, Rue, I'm trying to get my head around all this. How did all this happen? She said yes. She said yes and the impossible became possible. And to think I left the Messiah in the cold tonight. I'd hate to be you. Well, listen, I'm getting inside that barn. By the way, um, if two of my associates show up and a drummer boy, send them Whoa, 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 a drummer boy? A little drummer boy. What does the little drummer boy do? He's going to bang on his drums. He's going to bang on his drums. He's going to bang on his drums for the baby in the barn. He's going to ba- bang on his drums for the baby in the barn in Bethlehem. Basically. Beautiful. What ballad? Parumpa pam pam. Parumpa pum pam. You tell him to play his drums for him. No, oh, he'll play his best for him. Parumpa pam pam. Parumpa pam pam. Catchy. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, before you go, Merry Census. What? Mary Census. I mean, it's the biggest thing that's happened to Bethlehem. So Mary Census. <laughs> the biggest thing to happen to Bethlehem and the world is what's going on in your barn right now. No, no, you should be saying, "Mary, Mary had the Christ Child in a barn after following a star all day, day." I got to figure out how to shorten that. Mm. Well, I'm off to the barn. Bye bye. Well, it's starting to happen. Bethlehem will soon be waking up, and they'll be wanting food in their stomachs and they'll be getting in their own little world what they won't realize is that a Savior has just entered the world what a night a silent night <laughs> a holy night there's that word again <laughs> I think I almost missed this even in my own home mm. yes rest child rest while you can child for your work is just about to begin Speaking of work, I I might as well begin my work, too. So, Merry Sense. No, Stuart, don't miss this. Don't make it about money and things. Because it's about the Christ, child. Christ. Yes. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas.
4: Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all. Lord, at thy birth.
0: So we've come to that place where the star brought so many. A church recently erected a nativity scene outside their church building. Later that evening, they went out to check on it to make sure everything was was fine, and I want to show you what they found. We have a picture of it for you. It seemed as if the dog needed a place to feel safe and warm, and so it just cuddled up right next to the baby Jesus. Jesus. They didn't have the heart to get it up and move it, so it, they left the dog alone and it slept there all night long. And why not take a good look? It is a shepherd. Sorry, but it's true. see, we're here tonight because we know this. We know that, that we need a place that's safe and warm. We need a place... Much like they had that night. You know, several months ago, two months ago, as a matter of fact, a group of us from Erie went to that place. We were in Jerusalem, and our tour guide said, I want to take you someplace. So we drove out about five miles outside of Jerusalem. He said, We're going to the house of bread or Bethlehem. He said, This is the town of David, and this is where Jesus was born. And he said, We're really not going to go inside the village because. Of the conflict with the Arabs and the Jews, and so it's really not safe for us to do that. So I'm going to take you to a, a hillside or a mountain, is what they call it, and, and you'll get a good view. As we're driving there, he said, Well, we really can't take you to the best place to view because they have erected a wall there. And the reason they put the wall there is because snipers in the village of Bethlehem are shooting people up on the hill. So it wasn't safe, so they had to put up a wall to protect those people. As we're driving toward another spot to view, he suddenly says, Look, the wall is down. I didn't know they took the wall down. They just must recently have done that, so I imagine it's safe. He said, Let's get out and look. You imagine it's safe? He was excited, so we all just we get out of the out of the bus. And so I jokingly said to my wife, realizing that this had been a place where snipers had shot, I jokingly said to my wife, Honey, do you want to get in front of me for a better view? She didn't think that was funny. (laughs) Because we all need someone who will protect us, someone who will keep us safe. So that night, those shepherds who had been relegated to a position in life where they would never connect with God, never with the Creator because they were unclean. They would never find their destiny because they were rejects and no one cared for them. And so because of an angelic invitation, they end up standing right there with God in flesh and understanding the words of the angelic messengers who said, peace on those on whom God's favor rests. Peace, safety, security, protection. His favor. It means pleasure good pleasure in our living that you have a destiny and they suddenly realized that they were not alone that God had a plan for them we all need that Pam my wife and I we have a daughter who lives in South Africa and we went to visit her two summers ago and met a friend who seems to have this wonderful awareness of what God is saying and doing around him not a spooky guy but just has this, this connection with God and so we were having lunch with him and he was asking us questions about life and, and, and my wife Pam and, and I both began to share what's deep in our hearts and, and things we hadn't shared with most anybody else and, and as he was listening he suddenly looked at Pam and he said can I pray for you right here in the middle of this cafe can I pray for you she said well sure and so he looked right at her didn't even close his eyes he just began to pray and she said I didn't know where to look look toward God look at my food look at him I didn't know what to do And as he began to pray, there was this awareness of a God presence. And then he began to go from a prayer to speaking to Pam's heart, to issues about Pam's life he could not have known. He began to unfold what was inside of her heart. She began to cry. Because he so gently went into that heart and began to pull out that pain. And then as if God were speaking, he said, here's what God wants you to know about your pain and the healing that will be yours. Peace, on whom his favor rests. Peace, I will take your broken heart and I will protect it and I will give you life because you have a future. We need that. It's this Jesus who 30 years, 30 to 33 years after his birth, was executed by the Romans, there was a conspiracy against him, and he's hanging there on a cross. He has this short conversation with a career criminal, and in doing so, Jesus reveals to him, give me your heart, and I will protect you even in death, your broken heart that has been so torn up by your own evil desires. I will give you safety, and I will give you a future. Peace on those on whom his favor rests. And as he hung on that cross, this one that we visit tonight in Bethlehem, that one, hanging on that cross, for us, he says, Father, forgive them. And God says to us, wherever your heart is broken, wherever all of the evil that we have amassed because we're just wrong, we're we're just broken, he says, I will protect you from that if you put your faith in me, and I will give you a future for all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, a living that goes on forever. Because we need that. So tonight, I encourage you to pull close to this one called Jesus, God in flesh, and let him take your heart as you put your faith in him, and let him protect it, let him forgive it, and let him take you into the future that he's designed for you. And we're going to celebrate that tonight. Because you see, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he blessed it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Those are words of redemption, giving value back to us after we have lost it. And because you put your faith in him, he said, by my death on the cross, I've taken your sins and given you forgiveness, and I'll eradicate your sins. Tonight, put your faith in him, and all your sins will be removed. He said, then take this cup and all of you drink of it, for this cup is the blood shed to establish a new covenant, a covenant that guarantees that the one who's overcome death will overcome anything else in your life and give you a future, give you his favor, peace on those on whom his favor rests. So we invite you tonight in just a moment, as the elements are distributed, you take the cup and your bread and you hold it and declare your faith in him as you're worshiping, and then I'm going to come back in just a moment. And I'm going to lead us in the partaking of the bread and the cup as we do this together. And if you're a follower of Christ, we invite you to partake with us. So let us continue to worship now and let us distribute the elements. So the uniqueness of this king, born in a manger, is what he said when asked, what are you doing here? In his early 30s, he made the statement, he said, for the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Later, Paul the Apostle would say it's because of one man that we died when Adam led us all into this this sin nature. Then there would come one man who would lead us out. His name is Jesus. And it's not by anything we've done or anything that we could earn. It's just the fact that he came, gave his life, took our sin upon himself and gave us new life when we put our faith in him. And I want to encourage you if you've not done that tonight, you do that and allow him to eradicate your sin and walk you on a journey into your destiny that he created for you from the very beginning. And so you hold in your hand this bread. It's his body broken for us. He was born to die that we could find life. And in adoration and thanks Would you partake of the bread with me? And then he said that this cup is my blood shed for you because you can't have a covenant without the shedding of blood and you can't have forgiveness of sins unless there's blood shed. But when the covenant was established it made us heirs of all that Jesus had owned, we now receive all that was due him so that whatever we face in the future, we have what we need to overcome it. That's his promise. And so tonight we say, Jesus, thank you. And we walk by faith depending on your power to lead us into whatever we face. Let's partake of the cup together. So what we've actually done tonight in this Advent season is we've said, Jesus, we recognize what you've done and we put our faith in you and anticipating your arrival, your Advent, your coming, we say to him, welcome to our world. So when this God in flesh came into our world, he not only showed us his love He showed us how to love. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's why we give presents at Christmas. And so Jesus said, when it comes to loving, he said, if you really want to love me, here's what you do. You recognize those who are marginalized, those who are disenfranchised, those who are considered weak and unwanted and unloved. And he said, you take care of them. In fact, he said, when you do that for the least of these, when we consider the least, you've done it unto me. And so in preparation for this Advent, we as a community of faith have understood that and done our best not to hoard so that we would have something to give to those whom Jesus said, if we do it to them, we do it to him. I just read in the paper today that in America, we will purchase and Get supplies for Christmas. And we as Americans will spend about 450 to $470 billion for Christmas. And some of you said, we spent half of that this week. And so while we're enjoying all of that, I want to tell you that tomorrow as we're celebrating Christmas and you're having your meal together and you're opening presents, that in Africa alone, 6,000 people will die because of waterborne illnesses just because they don't have clean water. Most of them will be children. And it is an amazing thing to understand that what it would take to eradicate all the waterborne illnesses in the world to give clean water to everybody would only take 4% of the $470 billion that we spend. And so we as a community of faith have said we've got to do something about that. And can't find a better time of the year to love Jesus by giving to him by giving to those and so we have decided that this evening during this wonderful sacred time that we want to take what God has given us and and help others you see for every hundred dollars just four dollars would help solve the problem for the eight hundred dollars per family they say that we're gonna spend this year $32, and we can do so much better than that in America because we are so blessed. In fact, $10, just $10 would provide clean water for a child for a year. So we've asked this community to join with us, and we're focusing this evening on a well that will be drilled in a village called Loibosoit Village in the Simongero district of Tanzania. There are about 10,000 adults in this Maasai village. That's just adults because they don't count children there. So you can imagine how many people are there. And what it would cost to just get them one well to help save lives is at about $20,000. That's all that's needed to help begin saving lives. And so this evening, we as a church family have come prepared, and if you're visiting with us, I am not ashamed at all to ask you to join with us because none of this comes to us. None of this comes to Erie First Assembly. All of it goes to get water wells dug and purification and pumps put in place so that those people can have water. And so tonight as we're moving toward the conclusion of our gathering, I'm going to invite you to take an envelope if you want or you don't even have to use one, but tonight, would you just join with us? And I brought mine from my family and we scrimped down on our gifts and And so now we want to help some people live. And so would you prepare yourself to do that? If you're going to write out a check, just make it to, to Erie First Assembly. But everything given tonight will go towards those water wells. None of it will be kept by Erie First. It will go to save those lives in Tanzania. So would you prepare yourself to do that? And I'm going to ask the yesers to come now so that we can love God in this giving. So Jesus, we come to worship you tonight but also to love you and you said that when we'd help the poor and those that are marginalized and those who are suffering that it's loving you and we've come to love you tonight. So thank you for the outrageous blessings you've given to us and now we take part of that and we want to give it back to you that people can live, that they can have clean water. So we ask you to bless this offering tonight. Multiply it and save lives, and may they know that it's done in your name, Jesus, because you love them so deeply. We give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven, nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, broad hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy. The sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding.
0: I want to invite you to be seated for just a moment. I want to now pray a prayer over us, and then we have one final musical wish for you, and then I'll come back and I'll dismiss us. Let me pray this over you now. Once again, in this holy season, O God, we listen to the words of promise spoken by Isaiah long ago. Every valley shall be exalted, and the crooked places made straight. Lord, even in the high and holy days that lie ahead, there will be valleys, quiet moments of aloneness, of desolation, of remembering loved ones absent, family members perhaps long gone, hopes that were never quite fulfilled and plans and promises long shattered. And there will be those crooked places also when the worst of us, and that is in us, springs to life again. The heart twists, the mind turns in upon itself, and we know jealousy and malice and anger and greed. For in these highest days we are still ourselves, your dreaming, hoping children, who can yet stumble and fall and go far astray along the way. So make our crooked places straight by your power, not our own, and exalt the valleys of our lostness and loneliness with your love and when the feast is over and the last gift opened and the final carol sung oh stay with us and stay for us and hold us in your newborn yet eternal arms forever amen So now, may the grace and the mercy and the peace and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ be yours in abundance in these days to come. God bless you, and have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here.